I got a call uh, this morning from our guest speaker. And uh, he got a stomach flu. It's one of those moments when you see caller ID, like, should I answer it? <laughs> but I felt if I sent it to voicemail, it would give me a bigger headache, so I answered it, of course. He had the stomach flu, and very regrettably, and with much apology, he had to just express that he couldn't make it today and that he's praying for our service. Uh, pastor Steve Choi is a friend of mine. He's the lead pastor of uh, Crossway Community Church. They have two locations, one in Brea and one in Irvine. And um, my first uh, reaction internally to his call was like, oh. And then my second reaction was, oh. And I quieted my heart down and I decided just to come to church. And so I came, uh, I drove here and I have my own little kind of prayer altar. Uh, and I, I took, just made a beeline for that. And I just realized that God wanted to share something. And like on the drive, I was like, should I regurgitate an old message? You know, <laughs> should I do something to make my life easier for the next few hours? Uh, but I said, ah, it's one of those moments where you feel like you just couldn't do that. So I just shut the door to that and I said, okay, Lord, if you're not going to allow me to regurgitate a message, you're going to have to share something with me. And so I went into that room and I just picked up my guitar and I just started strumming some chords and just praying and just opening myself up. And I called on him and I was reminding him of something that he shared with me this last week. I wrote it in the, the pastor's note in, on the inside cover of the, of the bulletin that you have. But in Jeremiah 33, 30, 33, verse 3, God brought me to that verse this last week. I was praying uh, one particular day, and I was just praying for City Chapel, especially as we've come into our new home here, and what He would have for us as a church. And on that particular morning, um, just He inspired a, a scripture reference. There are times when that happens in my Christian life where God just like gives me a, like a scripture reference, like a book and then a chapter and a verse. I don't like, it's not like, I, I don't want to encourage you to like do like the flop open and the point, speak to me, Lord. Like, I don't want to encourage that. But there are times where God just kind of inspires a reference to me. And it was just like Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And I um, immediately opened up my Bible, not remembering or not knowing what that verse was. And it was called to me. And as you do that, it was just him expressing how faithful he would be to share just mighty things, things that, that I, I, I don't know. Because what I had been praying about was how God would you lead our small church to do things for you in our community. And as he shared that verse with me and as I opened it up, um, it just pricked my heart real deep and I just let it sit with me. And I, it just led me to a, to a state of wonder, like, like what? Like how? What, what, what is it going to be? And I feel like I'm still in that posture. And so this morning when I got to church, I was like recalling, it says, Lord, call to me. And, like, and then so, Lord, I'm calling to you now. You need to share something with me, right? And my mind was just like floating. And I'm asking God for, for a word. And I went to the book of Ezekiel 
And as I was going through that, I landed in this passage, and I just felt the Lord say, this is the word that I have for you as a church. And quite honestly, like, I don't know if I'm going to speak for five minutes or 50 minutes today. Like, I'm sitting here right now not knowing how long this message is going to be, right? Uh, Ezekiel chapter 17, starting from verse 22. Thus says the Lord God, I shall also take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar and set it out. I shall pluck from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one. And I shall plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the high mountain of Israel I shall plant it, that it may bring forth bows and bear fruit and become a stately cedar. And birds of every kind will nest under it. They will nest in the shade of its branches. And all the trees of the field will know that I am the Lord. I will bring down the high tree, exalt the low tree, dry up the green tree, and make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord. I have spoken. And I will perform it. My breath was taken away as I took this, and God was saying, this is what I want you to speak on, and this is the message that I have for you and your church, City Chapel. And I took this message, and I began to read it over. I think I read it a dozen times. Lord, what is this? this? I didn't know what a sprig was at first. That's not like a word that I normally use, right? And so I had to Google sprig, and I thought, oh, it's just like a, a twig, like a branch with leaves or fruit on it. That's all that it is, right? And immediately when I read that Google definition, if you look on the... If you look on the, the cover of your bulletin, you'll find that we have developed a logo for our fifth anniversary alone, and it's a laurel, right? It's wreath, right? And immediately, as soon as I read the definition, God brought me back. Ah, I was preparing for this. And it was this branch right here. There was a person that made cookies that you'll find afterwards for our dinner. They have like branches with leaves on it. And I was like, Lord, like I, like I get it now. Okay, okay, I get it, right? And the imagery all connected. And God was saying, will you trust me? I know you don't have a long manuscript because if you look, I mean, I got four pages and it's about half a page each on each page of this particular sermon manuscript right now. I got some bullet points and I'm asking, Lord, even as I was worshiping, Lord, will you share something for our church and those that are coming here today, something that is meaningful, something that they will take with them and that will impact them. And I was asking him that. And I come to this particular thing of this tender sprig, right? Tender sprig. A, a, a cedar is like, like almost like this grand coniferous, like this pine-looking tree, right? And this tender, tiny sprig becomes a stately cedar. Some translations say noble cedar. And what comes to mind is stability, size, depth, roots, Greenery, lasting. You see an image of something does not, that does not weather, that does not wither, that is just there, that is dependable, that you can lean a house on. Something that is just permanent. 
And this is the imagery that comes to mind when you think of something that is stately. That is a word that you would use to describe the White House. That is a word that you would use to describe a grand palace. Something that is just so long-lasting, that has a long heritage. And he is saying, from a tiny twig, I will make a stately cedar. And its location will not be amongst the other trees. Its location will be on a mountaintop. It will be at the peak of the highest hill in all of Israel. And all the other trees will look upon this cedar and say, Wow, how did you get there? And that imagery just pounded my heart like this rainstorm. And it was just pounding and pounding and pounding. And I'm still trying to figure out how to convey this message. I guess the first few things that I can say is that this, number one, God establishes in high places. God does, right? That tree had no ability to get to the top of that hill, right? And so after I at least briefly organized this manuscript, the next thing that I needed to do was create a title slide for this sermon, right? And so I googled high mountain. Right? That's, what, that's all that, and a bunch of thumbnails of all mountains, right, came up. And I was trying to find the right one. And I'm just going, I'm scrolling down the page and down the page and down the page. And I'm not finding the right image with the right color balance and the right emotional effect on it. But I finally landed on this one. I was like, yeah, that's the one. That's the colors that I want. That's the feel that I want. But then it dawned on me for a second. I went back all the way to the top of the page and I re-scrolled all the way to the bottom. There's no trees at the top of these peaks. Not one of these thumbnails, thumbnails of high mountain produced an image of a high mountain and a tree growing on the top of its peak. This is photoshopped. <laughs> this is photoshopped, right? It's a good thing that I at least know how to do that, right? I had to photoshop an image of a cedar on top of that high hill. Because trees that are large and mature do not grow on the top of high mountains. There's only grass and rocks up there usually. Right? And so if this tree is on the top of that hill, someone put it there. It didn't grow there by itself. It wasn't by its own ability. Look at me, look what I did. I built this, I made this, I earned this. Da 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 da. If that tree is sitting there, everybody knows that tree had help. Everybody knows. Somebody put it there. That tree can't brag. Ha <laughs> ha. Look what I did. Right? He might be able to say and accept where he's at and say to the other trees, look where I'm at. But that tree can't brag. It was nothing in and of itself that placed it there in that prominent stately position to all the other forest trees to say, yes, you too can get here through hard work. God exalts in high places is the first thing that came to my heart as I kept on reading and rereading this passage. And then the word came, this is exactly what I want to say to City Chapel. This is exactly what he was saying to me. This is exactly what I felt he wanted to say to those who would listen to this message today. God is the one who exalts. God is the one who establishes. All that tree could do was grow where it was placed. That's it. 
And then God was reminding me that our job as followers of Christ is to be tender and ready for growth. And it's God's job to establish in high places. But I think too often we get those mixed up, right? Growth and position. Right? Because often I find that even in like my Christian life and as I, I get to know the, the walks of other Christians, often we pray to God, God help me to grow. Right? Right? We want God to grow us. Like Somehow we feel like there's this magical prayer that when we pray, God grow me, and we're asking that that responsibility of growth be on God. God, would you grow me? And we're all anxious and, and all spent using our energy trying to find the right position. And we're all worried about that. We're all jockeying for position in the workspace. We're trying to position our families and, and bring our careers to certain places. We're trying to move to certain neighborhoods. And all of this energy is spent to try to place ourselves and our families and our careers in high places. And I think we mix up the two. We say, God, you do the growth, I'll worry about the placement. I'll, I'll figure it out, I'll map out a course, I'll try hard, and I'll, I'll get to that high, high level, I'll climb that ladder, right? But in this, it's completely switched. Our job is merely to be ready for growth, available for that, and it's God's job to place in those spaces. And so if that speaks to you, if you're trying to climb a ladder that you feel you can climb, that God has given you skill sets, and you're, you're anxious about it, that you're trying to bring yourself, your career, your family to places and neighborhoods and positions that are stately, that have recognition, that other people will look at you and say, yeah, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. I want to be like that. And you want to be the envy of your family or town. And I get that. There's human nature inside all of us that wants that type of recognition. That's why we work so hard. We don't work to downgrade. We work hard to upgrade our lifestyle, our families, and our possessions. But if you have spent an absorbent amount of energy trying to establish yourself in high places and you've neglected the very elementary process of growing, committing to growth, committing daily to just be tender before the Lord, that I am but a small sprig. I am the smallest, the newest of all of the branches on top of this. And God is saying, I will take that one, the smallest one, the weakest one, the one that could just be stepped on and die, the one that can wither and nobody would blame it, the one that everyone has overlooked, the one that no one can see. I want that one. I want that twig. And I'll take it from the heights of that cedar and I'm going to bring it and I'm going to take it to the top of that peak and I'm going to put it in the ground. I'm going to cultivate it and this will grow into the most magnificent tree you've ever seen. It's going to have branches and fruits and it's going to be noble. Because that's, in a sense, my hope and my prayer for me or for our church and for you. That if your estimation of what you have is but a small sprig, like I don't have much, like it's not that flashy. Like I, I'm not going to move my generation with this. I can't even influence my little department of my company. It's like if the estimation of what you have is small, I want to say today, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the influence of this thing. 
this little twig. Allow God to place it where He deems right, in the right timing. And just be committed to growth. Be tender before Him. That word tender, I think, is tremendously important here. That it was a word chosen with intention. That when Lord God says, I shall take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar and set it out, I shall pluck from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one. He's looking for a soft, malleable one. One that is not brittle. One that is teachable. One that is humble. I want that branch. Because then, wherever I place it, I know it's going to flourish. It's the pride, it's the, 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 the arrogant that can't flourish where they go, but the humble, wherever you set them, their roots can, can set in. And he takes this small tiny twig and he places it on that hill. And the end result, the end result of this twig merely just being committed to growth and allowing the hand of God to establish it in its proper place, the end result is it becoming stately? Like, that's just the word you want to repeat, isn't it? Like, stately. Like, I could repeat that. I should just write that word over my door, doorpost, you know, like, stately. I should write that in my office somewhere, like, stately. That's just like a stable word. Like, like you can't speak bad of that word. Like, it just evokes good images, stately. Like, it's stable. It's there, right? And that's the end result of this. It becomes a stately cedar, right? And so this led me, the first thing that I wanted to communicate is God is the one who establishes in high places. But secondly, as now stately cedars, that when a person is in that prominent position of influence, in a visible space to exert that type of, of force and power, that as stately cedars know that we should and can provide much good for many. The passage that we read brings forth branches and fruit, right? This idea of fruitfulness is common, not just here, but all throughout Scripture, that God desires His people to bear fruit, right? Whether you want to talk about uh, the fruit of the Spirit, or you want to talk about other aspects of, of talents and, and bearing fruit in that way, the idea of the follower of Jesus doing things with his or her life that bears fruit is consistent with what God wants to say to all of His followers bearing fruit, that it's tremendously important. And what this reminds us is that this stately cedar wasn't there for itself. Like the, the accumulation of all of these things was not for the cedar. And it reminds us as followers that we are to exert and give benefit to others. We are not accumulating good for ourselves, but we are to be vessels that really channel that blessing of God to those that are around us. And as a follower of Christ, we're called as ministers, givers. We're called blessings. We're witnesses of Jesus. And it says that the birds of every kind will nest under it, right? Nesting, right? I don't know. Anyone have birds? I had a bird one time. Don't have birds. <laughs> They're loud and they're messy, right? They really are. Like, we grew stuff in the bottom, like, tray of the birdcage. Side story. We had finches, right? And, uh, sorry. When you don't have a long message, you just do side stories. 
we had finches and um, you know they're small and they're chirping all the time and you know they they eat so messy they dig their their beak and they just spray seeds all around right and then you have a little water dish and these seeds would just like spray outside of this food dish and would go to the bottom of this collection tray underneath the cage and birds also poop right so you have the perfect combination right you got seed fertilizer and water, right? Because they spray their water as they drink everywhere, right? And so, like, these forests would grow from the bottom of the birdcage. That shows neglect as a bird owner, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have shared that story. I'm sorry. I pastored differently than that. Nonetheless, <laughs> birds of every kind will nest under it. They find a home. And this is what I'm praying, God, would you bring people that they find a home here at this church, a place where they find security, everything that you think of when you think of home, protection, rest, security. That when you think of those things, this is where I want our minds to go when we think of community of faith as well. That our church home, that this is a place of nesting where we grow young ones, where we nurture, where we feed, where we protect, where we provide a place of protection, relief, and refuge. Because they nest in the shade of its branches, it says. And the prayer went out for me as I... Continue to reread the passage. Lord, would you help this to be the prophetic word for, for this church going forward in the, in the road that you have in front of us? Would you help this to be a prophetic word for me? And then I began to, to transfer that prayer to you guys today. Would you help stately cedars to become of the people that are in attendance today? Would you help the young sprig, the tender shoot, the one with just a few leaves on it, the one that doesn't have any fruit yet. God, I pray that you would just find tender ones. Find us tender, moldable, humble. And, and Lord, would you take them, and though that, that sprig can't fly to the top of that hill on its own, would you begin to promote and provide opportunities for people in ways that they could not garner for themselves. And I began to transfer that prayer to each person here today. And so I, I hope that that word sits with you. And I hope that you, in turn, can pray for this community of faith in that way, as this young sprig, small tender shoot, and just pray, Lord, you said it. You can do it. It's yours. Amen? Amen. I have no idea how long that was. <laughs> That's probably shorter than most messages, but that's the word that I got for you. Praise team, you guys come back.